You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're taking a deeper dive into love languages and the Enneagram with my guest, Lisa Carter of Stonegate Fellowship out in Midland, Texas. And Lisa is part of the 7-8 Glow Marriage also. So not only am I so excited to talk all things, kind of the 2.0 level of love languages, because we talk so deep about that today, but I also want to let you know I'm excited because Lisa is Enneagram and Marriage certified. And you might remember that in addition to taking show requests for this year from you guys, this was one of the call-ins, I also want wanted to let you know that Lisa loves this topic and it's just so fun because that was a goal to get to chat with those who took my class and to be able to really continue to do. She was already doing marriage and family work as was I, but just to continue to broaden our horizons together. So it's my pleasure to have her today. You'll hear me say this before all my students and I hope you know it stands for all my guests too that I really enjoy getting to know people whether they agree with everything I I say, or vice versa. You know, I'm a seven who loves freedom. So I have to make that caveat that I just love to learn from everybody. And some of the people that I have on may not always share my beliefs. I believe Lisa does here, but I just want to let you guys know that because I think that's really important when we're talking about relationships and Enneagram. And I think it keeps us open to tuning in to people who are different from us. I love hearing different voices. I think I can learn something from everybody, but I think it's a good point to to say that, but that's just a little bit of a disclaimer so that we can continue to learn from one another with respect, even if we're not always the same. So I just think that's a beautiful and curious thing to do on this podcast. And I also do respect all of the guests who come on. So I want you to know that because I think that like I said, we'd wind up with differences and I want to learn from those differences. So that said, I hope you're not scared away by two sevens today. One of the reasons I'll say that is Lisa has a grounded eight feature to her having been part of this eight glow for so long. I hear a lot of eight and strength in Lisa that doesn't make her a non-seven. It just differentiates her from some of the more seven wing six uh, people among us who are a little bit lighter, higher up. There's just a different feel, but Lisa has the gifts, uh, synthesis and ideas and this talent that she has put herself into and grounded. So I super hope that you get to learn from what she shares today. I am really super excited that I was able to learn so much from her because not only does Lisa talk about love languages, but she talks about forgiveness languages. And I'm having her back to do that show too, because we can only do really one or two topics per show, but we're going to get a taste of even the languages of forgiveness. So she really, she opened me up to see that that was a thing too, which was really fun to learn. So in addition to that, I want to keep you guys mindful of just thanking first everybody who played our Enneagram Halloween contest. That was a lot of fun. And we had two winners, Bree and Tamara, that were able to get their hilarious Mr. Dinner Game kits and an Enneagram and Marriage Glow Guide. So I hope that they enjoy those and I'm so glad. And I will do another contest um, right before Halloween. So stay tuned on my Instagram page for that. I love to do Halloween contests. I haven't decided yet this year. Last year I did 
I actually did one of those jars of candy and then we counted them. So we'll do a fun contest again so that we can give out more prizes. If you're thinking of buying the Glow Planner, make sure I actually checked with Elena from Ray of Light and she said the best size would be a 1.5 inch binder so that you can get your Glow Planner on soon. We have a release date for you of November 8th. So we're super excited about having in place structure for you to learn all year long and not have to guess what could I be working on this week, especially if you're somebody who really enjoys process. I know some are just like, I'm all about results, but others of us are just like, I need some structure to each week or we won't do our work. So if this is you, we have the Glow Planner designed for 12 months of topics, Some of them go into type-by-type tips. Some of them go into triads. Some of them go into instincts a bit more. Some of them talk about harmony groups or harmonic triads. So there's so many different lenses that you can take a look, but the main goal is gonna be weekly tips for you to work on. I'm gonna be talking about them here on the podcast starting in January if you wanna wait till January to go through it, but you can go through any time. But some of you may want to gift it to somebody that you're in a relationship with so that you guys can do this together or that you can just keep tabs. But you know, I always say don't force your tools on other people. So if you're like, I would like to use the glow planner so that I could be more intentional in my relationship. That's a great thing, but you don't have to force it on others because when you're growing and glowing, then everybody benefits. When I bring health and joy into my family, everybody is blessed by it. So keep that in mind. If you're thinking about grabbing that and November 8th is when when we are releasing it. So I also want to let you know that pausing has been on my mind a lot lately. And as we said, it's kind of the buzzword this year anyway. I heard it on the wonderful uh, Inner Varsity Press All Things Enneagram conference this past weekend. And I know that Wes and I are trying to practice that. That was a tip given for type ones. But I really also love just reminding all of us of that because When we're pausing before we react, we're preventing our brains from getting stormed by the information that's presented. And whether we're body types or not, we can all do it. And we all need to remember that this season and always just that we need to be able to reflect before reacting. And that was something I had to do when I saw all my kids' book bags in this part of the kitchen that I always tell them I don't want to see them, that that just super stresses me out. And I talked about this on the first episode of the season when we brought on the organizer. And so that's been something I've been trying to ongoing do. And it was really helpful to pair that with what I had learned as I finished Andy Kolber's journal that I finished this week just to really take charge of my brain a little bit differently and not allow it to react or to respond to the stress in such a stressed out way. And honestly, pausing has been a huge part of that. So that was a really big gift to me that I just want to remind you and invite you into because it's really so important that we continue to address and to shape our families in the best ways, but to do it in a way that doesn't threaten our central nervous system. And uh, my son and I have been processing his anatomy and physiology, and Wes is presenting something about that at church today because he's doing a presentation on the brain and the body and just giving glory to God through science. 
And as he treats his patients and as Jack and I study, I'm just more aware because we happen to just have finished the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system and we're getting into senses now. And I'm just amazed at how when you have that positive thinking going in addition to your logic and the important emotions that we need, you have enhanced creativity, you stay focused more, you have better problem solving skills and better mental productivity where these negative emotions can lead to slower response times, memory impairment and decreased impulse control. So that negative mindset, of course, sometimes even has a genetic role or we say sometimes these different personality types have a harder time getting positive, but we all the more than need to pause. And not only that, but taking that nice deep breath to remind your body, you can even take one right now if you need, just to remind your body to calm down, that you're not in an emergency, that even if your body is sending signals to say you are, that you're not, that you're doing fine, that you have made it to adulthood and that you're doing well and that you're going to be able to figure this out too. That helped me in that moment of trying to figure out, hey, how do I do this amygdala override as I'm literally trying to get Princess Amidala's outfit, that was really hard to say, out from under my kitchen without you know, really having a conniption fit. Why do I feel like I just did a riff there? But anyway, I'm just saying we all have to truly be on our game to work out how our thinking is affecting just our living. So let's make sure we're paying attention to that and pausing well. And now it's time to talk love languages so that we can get right to it in our relationships this week. I'm so excited for this with you and I'm going to turn it over to our conversation here with Lisa. I am so happy to have you here, Lisa. Thanks so much for joining me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for inviting me. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am a mother of three. I've been married for 25 years. Hmm. My oldest two daughters both got married during the pandemic, which was fun and different, but it was a blessing to have something really exciting to look forward to in that year. My middle one is expecting my first grandchild, my first grandson in December. And then I have one more daughter still in high school and we're going through all the fun that that entails. So that is my full-time job. My second full-time job (laughs) is to minister to marriages at our church. And so I coordinate a marriage and couples ministry. And it's actually incredible to see that that's something I get to be part of considering where our marriage was eight plus years ago. And so God has redeemed and restored. And I get to use that now to work with other couples. Wow. Now that is a joy for me to hear uh, even deeper levels of your story today. And we're going to talk about you being part of the seven, eight glow, but you guys know Lisa was in my Enneagram and marriage certification class, and she's just been blessing people at Stonegate fellowship in Midland, Texas. And we're going to share show notes with you guys so that at the end, you guys can even get some of Lisa's resources, because as you're hearing, when you've been through it and you're 25 years in, you have a lot to get to the listeners. So I'm so thankful for you, Lisa. Thank you. I'm so thankful for all that I learned in the course this summer, just to add more tools to my belt and my ammunition. And I just can't wait to see what God does with it. It's exciting. It is. And I loved how you guys hosted Beth McCord too. After that, you got your whole church had her, right? 
We did. Yeah, we had about um, 500 people show up to come and listen to her and Jeff give their presentation about how different numbers work together. And it was a fun, exciting night to, to get to share the gospel and the Enneagram with people. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. So, well, we're going to talk all about love languages today, but first we're going to check in about your seven, eight glow. So I was wondering if you wouldn't mind telling us just a little bit about you and your hubby and how you guys met. Sure. So had um, anybody told me what a seven and eight married together would have looked like, I probably would have run the other direction, Um, (laughs) except that I am a seven and I love a challenge and an adventure. So um, I was actually 15 years old and he was a year older than me. And our church youth group was holding an event called Disciple Now. Some of you may have heard of that, where you go to different host homes. Um, And his parents were one of the host homes for the girls that were in my grade. And so I actually met and got to know his parents first. Um, and then we met that weekend and started dating pretty quickly. And um, the rest is history. That's how we met. That is so awesome. And I, you've already, you know, shared a couple clues with us. Your pairing is called love in motion. And you said, I would have run in the other direction. You said <laughs> we started up very quickly. This is a fast double aggressive, double assertive peering. So tell us what your glows look like as you've walked this journey. I've been able to update this listenership on what the stages of the glow are to get ready for these episodes. So feel free to talk any of that through too. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it's easy to try and find the, the hard things about a seven and an eight, because I, I go to my one stress number. And for many, many years, when we did have a hard time with our marriage, I was in stress. And so I like to control and well, we all know that eights don't want to be controlled. So I would be assertive and he would go to his five space and retract. And so that was what kind of got us into a tailspin. And the reason that Enneagram has been such a blessing for our marriage is because I've been able to look at what glow means in that I can bring the fun and adventure into our marriage and accept his response, not as negative, but as a challenge to better me. Um, And so when he comes and he challenges me, it's not him shutting me down. It's him saying, is this the best way to do it? Or can we find a better And sometimes he just wants to know, he wants to know, I want to know if this can be a better way. And if I'm like, no, he's like, oh, okay. He just really wants to challenge all of it. And it used to really send me in a tailspin thinking he was doubting me or shutting me down or saying my ideas weren't good. Mm. Um, But he really just wants to process with me and find out if that's the best way possible. Mm. And Mm. I can bring um, reframing to him, which he really enjoys because he will quickly become discouraged or frustrated by something. And I see it as a really assertive thing that he responds with. And so I have to reframe it. And he's just like, I'm just responding physically. And I'm not mad after that 10 second outburst, I'm done with it. And I'm like, oh, but what if that driver didn't mean to cut you off and he was looking for a street? So I'm always trying to make it a positive when I feel like the the pressure of his physicality is making me feel like, oh, things are getting negative. Things are getting negative and I don't want to be negative. Um, but us being able to use language now of going, okay, I need to go into my thinking space for a minute. And that's why I'm not responding quickly to you. And he can go, I'm sorry, I responded so quickly. I should have thought that through more. So just the language in general, to be able to communicate why we're behaving and responding the way we are, it's been a game changer. 
And so the things that we could bring to this world are a lot of fun ideas. Um, sometimes it's a little overwhelming. My boss kind of <laughs> sighs sometimes, especially <laughs> we both, both walk in like, hey, Joe, we have this idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what type is your boss? <laughs> um, we're thinking that he's a two. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's an older generation. He's in his sixties and he likes things the way they are. doesn't like change a lot. And so he hired me and here I come in with oh, all yeah. the ideas. <laughs> Absolutely. Now that is true about a seven in a workplace <laughs> and yeah. an eight. So, so yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, I think what I've discovered also is I think one of my tri-type numbers is an eight, either that, or we've been together most of our lives and I've just glowed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. having him by my side. And so, yeah, look out world when we want to take something out, approach something like, I mean, just the fact that we're both working with marriages and when somebody comes to us, we kind of have to be careful not to steamroll because we have, Oh, we've got a, we got an answer for you. Let's go. We can fix this. And it's, it's neat to see when we're on the same page and can use each other's strengths because we share a wing. So that helps too. Mm-hmm. He is a nine strong nine wing though. Um, and so that can be one of the areas that I love the most about him where he wants to hear the other side. He wants to yeah. see where we can find a piece of course. And then his empathy comes in, which I love about eights is just wow. his empathy for those who are struggling or mm-hmm. are in a place of injustice. And so he can come in and say, you need to see this perspective. And I can, I can go, okay, you're not fighting for that because you're mad. You're fighting for that because you want justice for that person, which is so cool. I love that. Wow. Oh, that is really neat that you've been able to dig beneath some of these eight layers that have in the past gotten a bad name from Enneagrammers across the world. And you're like, there's a huge heart under this. So just this 25 year journey has helped you guys to really discover that, that special gift and that glow that he gives. And I love that you have that eight part of you that was, and is able to see that and connect with that too. That's really cool. Yeah. It's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And I also loved how you said that it was one of these revelations you had about your marriage that eights tend to want to ask a seven, how they're doing things, why they're doing things and to investigate something I've noticed about the seven, eight dynamic is sometimes eights are impressed with the talent of the seven, but they realize the seven can be loquacious and not as good at consolidating as an eight. And so have you noticed that, that he's helpful for you to do that? Yes. And I have to be careful to not take offense to him challenging me on that because I quickly think then I'm being too much. That's one of the lies that I tend to turn to. I'm a seven. So I have a lot of muchness sometimes. Um, And so him challenging me and drawing that out on me isn't shutting me down, but I have to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that eights can bring clarity to some of the visions of a seven. So it's like when you let him in and let him rub off on you, it's, you know, wow. It's like, you now have this message you're communicating to your boss that is clear, more concise, more direct, and more logical. So it's probably a dynamic duo in a lot of ways. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. 
Yeah. And I love how you said it's partly because you have an eight wing too, because sometimes we do share a line of connection with a spouse from an arrow or a wing or a tri-type at least. And it's nice to say, I had some of that anyway. And I noticed that in our class, you have a strong countenance and you have a command and a respect like an eight. So I can see that. And I think his glow rubbed off on you too. Nice. Thank you. I take that as a compliment. A hundred percent. Yes. I love it. So, ah, uh, well, I'm just so glad it's so nice to get to see you again, because after the course, I'm like, I miss these guys. Ah, <laughs> so, uh, so we are going to talk about something you and I are both passionate about, obviously marriage, love language. I really want to ask you, what would you say to other seven, eight couples who have just maybe gotten an early start to the journey? Where would you encourage them? What would you say? I would say to, to go back to what I talked about, as far as use some clarifying language, when you're having a miscommunication, um, to the eights, give your seven space to think and process. Um, one of the biggest things that we found ourselves struggling with was, and we can get to this a little more later, but when we've had a fight, he can say, I'm sorry and be done. And he wants me to say, I'm sorry, right then. Why I have to think and process still like what went wrong? What did I say wrong? And I will come back and say with my whole heart here is why I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, So give, give grace and space for your seven to just process. Mm -hmm. And then for the seven grace and space for your seven to or your eight to emote physically and know that, you know, definitely there are situations where physical emotions can become dangerous and that's not our situation at all. But if, he, you could just see it build up in him physically and he'll yeah. maybe shove his desk or like put his yeah. hands down and it doesn't hurt anything or anyone, but right. I instantly kind of cringe and yeah. feel afraid. And yeah. I have to give him the space to acknowledge, okay, he's not mad at me. He's not trying to hurt anybody. He just, his yeah. physical expression is different than mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing is like, we'll, we'll be sitting in church and he's shaking his leg and I'll have to put my hand on his leg. He just yeah. always wants to be moving yeah. because that's just, his, he's an eight. And so I need to not let that become a distraction or cause tension. Mm-hmm. I just have to be gentle. And just me putting my hand on his leg reminds him, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm being physical and I can step back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then mostly celebrate each other's strengths because you can become quite the dynamic duo when you do work together, use your ideas, don't take anybody's correction or ideas as you're wrong or an offense, um, just cherish what each other brings to the marriage. Cause it can be very, very powerful when those two, I mean, mountain movers, I've heard them called seven slash eights with wings of the other. And it's true when we sit down and really combine our forces. Yeah. We can move mountains, but it has to be for the right reasons and in the right direction and together. Mm. Wow. That's a really good word for the love and motion pairing that you need to be moving in the same direction. Or it could be, like you said, those early days of booking it, running away, running out, being critical in your one space, and even you being gentle to say, Hey, let me help you with a social cue with your leg moving. That's, uh, we bring a lot of societal norms to each other in our stuff, right? Within our neuroses, we're like, okay, you know, hold on, like you're moving the whole auditorium. And, um, and sometimes the other person's like, hey, this is, I'm stimming and I need to do this, but there's a gentleness in these years. And I hear you saying that to the young seven, eight is 
allow it to be gentle. Understand if you're married to a body type, they're going to move their body. They might push the desk and we can recommend the pause. I feel like this season three has been all about the pause, but we can also just say, you know what? They're a body type. And to ask a heart, a mind or a body type to just stop being that type is kind of ridiculous. So I like how you're being gentle with it. That is so cool that you guys are teaching each other that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've had to learn it. It's taken a lot of years of learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has, I bet. And, and I think that's why we need to, if we can stay with our marriages as sevens, because there's a lot to learn and there's a lot of movement going for a seven and an eight. And so it's nice that you did stay and give it time. And I also was really impressed when I heard you say that just being able to give yourself time to think, uh, earlier, you mentioned that I thought, wow, good for you on knowing that is a seven that you need time to think that's excellent. That also take, took a lot of years um, <laughs> to recognize I wasn't trying to avoid. Um, yes, I wanted to reframe from something hard, reframe it. But um, I also realized that if I didn't process it, then what comes spilling out is something that I can't pull back in. Mm, yeah. Yes. Boy, is that huge. Well, I love that you're just sharing wisdom. So let's continue our conversation and get into love languages. So I'm sure like probably most listeners, almost everybody's heard of love languages, even in the secular world, when people talk about different types of people that you're married to, it's a recognized term that people use. And in general, they've come up with five basic love languages. And one is giving and receiving of gifts. Another one is quality time. The acts of service is another one. Words of encouragement and physical touch. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time that five kind of puts us into five very simple boxes. And I think it's far deeper than that, mm -hmm. which is why I've loved tying the Enneagram into it. Because honestly, I think you speak a different language than you accept sometimes. And so mm -hmm. if I'm constantly doing acts of service, it means I'm showing you my love, but it doesn't mean when somebody does things for me that I necessarily feel loved. It's kind of complex. So it's good to recognize that you can have both. Good to know. I didn't realize that. That, that makes a lot of sense. One, it's, it's really my own theory. And I don't know if it comes from the fact that maybe I, the, the next point I was going to make is that quality time for me looks different than quality time for my husband. Mm -hmm. So he can watch a television show and consider that quality time. And I'm like, no, we're interacting and there's no distractions. Maybe we're doing something together, but that's quality time mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. acts of service for me, maybe, you know, taking care of some of your household duties, whereas some acts of service for him, maybe I'm going to do the research and hand this to you and say, I've done this work here. Yeah. And so it's a very broad understanding of what they all look like. Um, but once you start pouring into, and it's just like the Enneagram, you can't just take a test and go, this is what it is. You yeah. start paying attention to the ways that you feel loved mm. so that you can express that to those around you and not out of these great expectations of you should always do these things for me, but to give them the language. I mean, it's just like a gift that you give to your spouse to save them all the effort of trying to understand why you're not reciprocating in love the way they mm -hmm. want, you know? Yeah. Instead of just giving that dirty look or the eye rolls or all the things we've learned are some of the unhealthy micro expressions. You're like, be honest, tell them if it's not working so they can have that scientific approach. 
Yes. And don't do it in the heat of a moment of, I never feel loved because you never clean up your socks off the floor, but it, Hey, let's have a conversation. And I would like you to know, it really makes me feel loved when you do these things. And so that they have the opportunity to show love to you in the way that you receive it. Mm, But then beyond that, it's, it's got to be knowing they're showing love their way too. And so if they're rubbing your shoulders and you wish they were doing the dishes, you need to stop and say, oh, he loves by showing physical touch. So he is showing me love right now. And it uh, doesn't always have to be the way I receive it. It, I receive it as the way he's giving it to me. Yeah. Wow. You said a lot there. That's really important because that's, yeah, as you know, some people miss all the love they are getting that way. That's right. Cause it's so, it's so easy to go through. These are my, my love languages. And if you're not speaking my love language, you must not love me when we need to learn our spouse's love language merely so we can just understand when they're speaking it. Mm, I think mature couples do that. I hear a lot of people do that when we examine what's going on. Why are you saying you have a less stressful marriage or happy marriage? And they're like, Oh, because I'm looking out for the good things and I'm noticing them. They're not saying they always speak the favorite love language. That's right. Well, and, and you said it when you said mature couples, I mean, at the end of the day, when I speak with couples, the very first thing I start with is what are you doing to better yourself? And if you're only ever focused on what your spouse is doing wrong, you're missing the boat because God didn't give you your spouse to fulfill you. You're supposed to be fulfilled first and foremost by Christ. Mm -hmm. And then whenever your, your spouse comes to the table with something, it's bonus, but you're already filled. And so it seems less tangible, but I promise it's the truth. When you are filled with Christ, then your husband can give you all the love languages or none of the love languages. Mm-hmm. And you can move on with your life feeling fully loved and fully fulfilled. Mm, I love how not codependent that is, how it's really saying I'm grateful for marriage. I'm grateful for having a teammate and we can pick each other up when we're down, but we generally day to day take care of our needs with God first. And we don't have to rely on another person to meet all of them. That takes a huge load off in marriage when otherwise we might start out by saying, I'm not happy. What did you do wrong again to make me not happy? And it's really a huge burden to put on somebody else. Absolutely. That takes a ton of pressure off when you're like, well, God speaks all of my love languages (laughs) and, and I can receive all of the love languages because of that. So that, yeah, the pressure off of your marriage and your spouse in that is so huge. It is. And I do love the benefits of marriage because some of us do have hard issues and traumas and we can help and heal each other through it. So that is all blessing and bonus. And some people won't use marriage for that. They'll say, Oh, I go to the chiropractor. I go to acupuncture. I love my friend group. But a lot of us, we do enjoy that bonus with our spouse of being able to say, you know, I get nervous and I love when you do this. So I love that you're talking love languages so we can try, so we can have this framework for, but why do we try then? Well, we try because we do love each other and we want to pour out that love that we've been given. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go through um, the different types if you'd like. And um, my disclaimer always, just like with the Enneagram is these of course vary from person to person. Mm -hmm. And if you're married to that number, have the conversation. Don't just assume, well, Lisa said that 
one's love like this, you know, yeah. but use that as just a jumping off point to have a conversation. Um, and again, this is just based on my own personal experience with love languages and the knowledge I've gained from the Enneagram. Um, but I, I love hearing when somebody comes and says, Hey, that didn't really describe my love language and my number. Um, but here's why, because then we can just learn from that too. Mm -hmm. But, um, we'll start with ones. So ones, um, of course they desire to be seen as good. Um, they want to know that they are reaching the level of moral perfection that they have in their head. And so words of affirmation speaks volumes to them. They typically might show love through acts of service though, because they come in and they want to make things better. So that's one of those instances where I was saying that they may want, they receive words as their love language, but they show through action. So when you do acts of service for them, it does speak volumes to them because they're like, oh, they care about my world being perfect too. The tricky thing can be though, when you're showing them love through acts of service, if they come in and may have to move some bowls around in the dishwasher, they're not trying to criticize you. They just genuinely feel there's a better way to load the dishwasher. I mean, clearly I've had some experience in this area. (laughs) Yes. I hear that. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I think I go to ones and stress, to I have dishwasher issues. Yeah. Yeah. Wes actually this morning wrote to me, I said something nice with words of affirmation and he's a one as many listeners know. And he said, that just speaks life into my day so much. Thank you for giving me the words I need all day to live on. And I, and I was like, well, don't forget to eat because like, I know he can truly forget to eat. I was like, you actually need food too, honey. But then, um, but then I was going to say acts of service wise, I did make him soup also that he could take with him to work. And he didn't say anything about that. So it was fine. Cause I was like, I wouldn't have even expected him to, but agreed. It's like, he appreciated the acts of service, but much more the words filled him up. So that was a perfect for us Hi. today. Good. I'm glad you said that. Cause I was like, I was nervous. I'm like, she's married to a one. So if I miss the boat, then I'm going to hear about it. Uh, well, I'm sure some of our listener ones are different, but that was totally on spot. Yeah. So choose, of course they devote themselves to the happiness and the well-being of those around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the twos can really speak a lot of love languages because they do <laughs> you perceive the needs of people around them. Mm-hmm. And so they, they use gifts. I, they, I have a mother-in-law who's a two and the gift giving is a big part of her, her love language, the way she speaks, but she all also is acts of service. As we know, twos will be the ones in the kitchen, the last ones to sit down at dinner. And they just want to show their love through even words of affirmation. They're very flattering people. They love to compliment you. So that's something really fascinating to me, but I think all of that is an effort for them to get you to spend time with them. So I think they really value quality time, but they speak love languages in so many other ways to get you to come and be with them. I couldn't agree more. I have so many twos in my life and it's really convicting to hear that. So thank you so much. (laughs) I was like on the edge of my seat for that one. I'm like, but what do we do? (laughs) So, And you can't honestly like trying to keep up with them and their love languages, the way they speak. Mm -hmm. It's kind of futile sometimes, but if you just sit and be with them, Mm -hmm. it speaks volumes to them. Oh, that's so important for us to all know. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. So threes, we know they aim to achieve and they want to be noticed for the hard work that they've put in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they love, they also really love words of affirmation, recognizing okay. the hard work that they've done, but they typically speak the language of gift giving. Mm-hmm. So you'll see mm-hmm. that they'll come up with some grand gesture or some really flashy gift. And a lot of that is to get you to recognize them for, wow, I can't believe you did that for me. I can't believe you thought of me in that way. So they really love for your words to affirm what they do, but they will show their love typically by giving and doing. Sometimes it's acts of service, but it's usually some sort of a grand gesture that's a bigger, whether it be a celebration or a party or taking you on a trip or something like that. Yeah. And so they want us to love them by affirming them with words after they've done that. Yes. I don't think there are, at least um, from my experience with some threes in my life and the way I've looked into it, I don't think you can ever say enough words. Unfortunately, they think Mm -hmm. that's going to be enough to make them feel satisfied. Um, And you can never really say enough. You can never feel that well. Like we talked about earlier, if they're not feeling affirmation from Christ. And I know you've talked about this as with threes, if you're not feeling like God's saying, well done, Mm -hmm. then whatever humans speak into it will never be enough. Yeah, that's true. It's going to have to be some of the inner work of the three, because in this case, it might be an almost unquenchable desire. And that's with any of the aggressive assertive types three, seven, and eight, but I'm glad you brought that up. And, and I'm also glad you brought up that threes, it's a tiny bit different. It sounds like that they want to be noticed for the gift too. Is that right? Cause I think that's something I yes. could do better with. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got a very dear friend in my life. He's a three and he'll, he does so much for everybody around him. He's so generous mm. and he really never expects us to try and reciprocate. Um, mm. in any gesture we have, it's kind of like, well, this is great, but you know, and it, so, yeah. but if I go and say, oh my gosh, you're so generous. I can't believe you thought of me in that way. It feeds him in a much different way than if I was trying to give gifts back to him. Yeah. Yeah. Just that loving kindness that you noticed. And that's, yeah. Oh, I love that. I, it reminds me of something my sister just gifted me with, and I want to, now I'm going to say something more about it. So thank you. Oh, nice. (laughs) We can learn for our family and friends and our spouses here. Tell us about fours. Oh, fours. They're so unique. And so they, they will love in a very unique way when they want to give you a gift, it's not going to be a gift card. <laughs> it's, oh. it's not going to be a trinket that is like, or a candle. I mean, unless that candle is a scent that goes back to a memory <laughs> from the two of you and some experience you had, they genuinely just want to feel thought about. Mm. And so a really well-written note is a gift, but it also has words of affirmation. Wow. They, they, want, they want you to stop and spend time with them in a unique way, they don't want, you know, probably won't necessarily want to play a board game with you, but sit and have a storytelling time reminisce. They're so, so fours are very nostalgic. They love going back and looking at the history you built together. My daughter's lifelong friend always will give her a gift. One time I remember she gave her a little treasure box and it was covered with photos of them growing up. And then she filled it with little notes of, do you remember when we did this and you're so good at this? And so it's so clear to me that she wanted to gift her, but also it had to be super meaningful. Yeah. 
that is just speaking to the heart of every four listening uh, without a doubt. And anyone with a four and who's been blessed by a four people don't know how incredibly giving and thoughtful force can be sometimes when we overly meme them as just being in their depressive melancholy and just being on that more, you know, self-centered side. And it's like, yeah, they're contemplative, but a lot of that contemplation is coming from a place of care. So thank you for bringing light to that. So if I'm saying the gift, the love language for four is gift giving. Don't just give them some, like I said, gift card or a candle, make it something very well thought out. And, and really probably don't even say, what do you want as a gift? They want to know that you have really thought it out without having to be prompted in any way. Mm, That's a really good point. And so you think that's not only the way they give, but also the way they love to be gifted, or do you feel that there's even more love languages that they also love? in general. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that all of, again, all of us can speak all five of them. Um, but remember whatever their love language is, if it's quality time, they, I think they probably want you to listen. I, I know that most of the fours I know love to talk about stories that they're storytellers. They love to tell about their day. And so they want you just to listen Mm -hmm. and not be distracted, stop, put things down and really engage with them. If it's physical touch, then it has to be something can't just be a back scratch. If they don't like a back scratch, really well thought out, which all of us to some extent want it to be thoughtful, right? We want to be thought about Mm -hmm. before us really want to make sure you're in tune with, with them and their feelings. Yeah, I agree. It's not so simple with fours as quality time because they like time. It's whatever their love language is, do it thoughtfully and take your time. Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So fives, fives can be tricky because you want to tend to believe they have it all together. They, mm-hmm. they believe they have it all figured out because they've put the time and the research in. they want to be seen as competent that they've really, they don't just do something for the sake of doing it. They are intentional people, but so they do appreciate, even though it's, t- it's easy to just assume they're retreating and don't want quality time. Mm-hmm. They do appreciate when you are spending time with them, that it's, it's something that's really meaningful and can come up. You can create some results from being together, but I would say their biggest one would be acts of service. And I think the way that they show acts of service typically. So I know we're not supposed to type people and my dad hasn't looked fully into it, but I have the assumption that he's got a lot of five in him mm-hmm. and he is always if we're going to go on a trip, he's going to send me the best routes and what to avoid. Or if we're like, when I had COVID last fall, he sent me all the points and tips and here's how you care for yourself. So I think they really, their acts of service are shown through doing the research and really wanting to protect those around them and show love by putting in that work. A hundred percent with fives. I really see that survivalist of the thinking triad with taking great care and time to research. And they do want it to be well thought out because that's how they are. And they are such deep thinkers that they wouldn't like it. If anything you do back for them is cheap or crass or low quality, because they're, they're really quality givers. As you all know, if they're going to give they want it to be good because they know how painstaking it can be to, to give and they don't have a large circle. So 
wow, to have anyone who is a five in your circle, to have your dad as a, a five or a spouse as a five, understand Lisa's spot on. Do you think that's also how they like to be responded to? That one's really tricky for me because I also would say like probably a lot of fours appreciate the fives in their life because my dad never gives a not thought out gift. So when it comes to Christmas or birthdays, the things he gives us usually come off of the top five items for the year. And he puts Mm -hmm. all kinds of research into them, well thought out. And he comes up the most, the most creative, thoughtful, Mm -hmm. unique gifts. Um, so he's, I think when we give gifts to him, they have to be very functional and they have to be very well thought out. So I think they do enjoy receiving gifts, Yeah. but I think that acts of service for them in a way to just give them their space, whatever it means that it takes a little load off of their work day or whatever means they have a little more space to do some of the things that they really want to do and spend time doing. Oh yeah, that's huge. You really nailed it because they really take time seriously. So to give them a gift, that's going to take some of the load off. It will take time for you to sit with it. And if it's a gift card that, you know, they love that's fine. But if it's something even more thoughtful, that makes sense. And we all know that fives really don't want to be beholden. So it's tricky, as you said, Lisa, because giving them a gift may make them feel beholden. So be careful if you're giving a five, um, don't give it from an unhealthy two perspective where you're giving it to get. And most of the twos listening have been doing their work and aren't doing that. And all of us can go to that two space. We all have to be careful that we don't do that. So thank you for just helping us to be thoughtful with our sweet fives. Yes. It has to be functional. Um, My dad doesn't want a trinket that's going to take up space that he has to worry about doing something with. We give my dad a lot of meat. And honestly, we lost my mom seven years ago. So he doesn't have somebody there to cook for him and stuff like that. So something that he can fix easily for himself. He just thinks that's the best thing in the world. So very well thought out something that will take a burden off of his hands, off of their hands. That's a big deal. That is beautiful. Thank you for loving him so well. What about our sixes? Well, sixes, they're unique. Of course, we we all know that there's two very distinct forms of sixes, which I know all numbers kind of have that too. But mm-hmm. um, in general, the ways to speak to a six is to make sure that they feel safe um, and to ease their anxiety and words of affirmation tend to do that for them. And that's not necessarily complimenting them. Mm-hmm. It's more affirming that they are safe, that they are good, defeating some lies they might be hearing about um, things that they're afraid of. So for instance, if I I have a daughter who's a six, and if I Mm -hmm. tell her, hey, this is going to be well taken care of, or you're doing a really good job at this, that's a big one, the affirmative words and in the way that sixes are doing things, because they doubt because they have that committee in their head always going, oh, this is a good idea. Oh, I don't know if this is such a good idea. And so they sit there and they doubt themselves when you can go in and say, you're doing a tremendous job here. Trust yourself here. So words go a long way for sixes in general. Mm. Um, But I do think that they, they're tremendous at giving their time to their spouse, their love language that they typically speak is quality time. So you'll see them stop and just want to be near the people that they love. Um, And I know that speaks to them as well. They'd like for somebody to just hang out with them and spend time with them. Um, And so I think that's, it's really important that they recognize that when somebody 
is giving their gifts to them. Mm-hmm. It's not out of um, an obligation for you to have to do something with it. It's just showing their love. If that makes sense. I'm not that sure makes, that made sense. You could take that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that totally makes sense. I love that with our sixes. They, uh, you're really helping us to realize that the best things we can give to them are words that empower them to trust themselves and to know they're in, heading in the right direction and just spending time with them and being thoughtful of them. That really jumps out to me because my sixes in my life are so thoughtful and it's just humbling. So I love that. Yes. And because they, they are so good at asking counsel, um, mm-hmm. when you offer your shoulder for them to just come and ask counsel and not always necessarily give them all the answers, just yeah. be there to let them process. I think that's another way that they can use their words. Yeah. And when they're seeking wisdom from you, that's a way they're showing love too. That means they trust mm-hmm. you and they're sixes mm-hmm. and they don't always mm-hmm. trust easily. And so when they're coming to you and asking your counsel, take that as a love language, because they really are saying, Hey, I love you. And I trust you enough to ask for you to give me some input in this part of my life. That's true. And even if they don't do what you say, which I know having a six child, um, (laughs) we're deciding he's more of a six than a seven. Um, It's, it's a very much a humbling experience too, but it's an honor just to be asked. It's an honor to know that your six loves you and wants your input in their lives. And it's huge for them to be able to say, especially if it's not something that's dangerous, you know, thanks for that input, but I'm going to go in a different direction. Like that is huge for a six. So it's a beautiful thing, even if they don't take your advice, but I love that. How about our sevens? Well, Krista, (laughs) let's talk about sevens. (laughs) Yes. So I'm really curious to see if you agree or disagree. And if some of this is just because I am a seven or Mm. if this is, I also have a seven. So things are quite adventurous in our house. She's the youngest one. So uh, we have a lot of fun around here lately. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, But I think much like the fours, sevens really want to know that they're just really being thought of. And so I've, I've discovered my husband's like, wait, I thought this was your love language. I'm like, well, I mean, it kind of is, but I just really want you to speak to me out of knowing me and just recognize if you bring me flowers, I don't want just some flowers. I want them to be the flowers that I love, that I've told you that I love. Yeah. So, and maybe that's just people in general. I'm sure that's probably just people in general, oh but um, if you give us a gift, it should be, I don't like gifts for the sake of a gift. It should be, mm-hmm. Hey, I really recognize the things that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, but sevens, I think are the very best gift givers. Mm-hmm. So again, a little bit like the fives, we, usually you'll find a seven will give you a basket full of your favorite things. Mm-hmm. Is they're paying attention to your favorite candy, your favorite blanket, your favorite book or your color. And they love putting together all of the things. And I've noticed that with my 16 year old, she's always, she never just buys a gift. It's always a basket full of things. Yeah. And I was out talking to her about it one day. And then I looked back and recognized that I do the same thing. I love just thinking of people and just yeah. throughout the year, oh, this reminds me of so-and-so and I'll set it aside for them. Mm-hmm. And so sevens are really fun gift givers. But mm-hmm. I think that when uh, it comes to receiving, I think quality time um, is really common, but again, it's not going to be sitting in front of the television. It's probably going on a walk or mm-hmm. for me, I love, uh, mountain hiking. And so something physical with a seven is quality time for them. Because of course we are physical people. We love adventure. We love mm-hmm. to go and do, um, 
but that also says to them, I'm thinking about the thing that you love to do. And so telling your seven, Hey, if your seven's into needlepoint, mm-hmm. I'd love for you to teach me needlepoint. Can we do this together? Now I can see a lot of husbands probably doing that, but there are you a few of your seven yeah. out of their chair. If you came and said, I would love to learn about your hobby and do it with you. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest way to speak to a seven. Oh yeah, I think so too. I think you nailed it with seven and I love that. I should have known because you are a seven, but I think <laughs> that you really nailed it, especially with the experience because for all of our selfish qualities and Hey, don't even get me a gift. Cause I've got me covered. Like that whole thing we can do as sevens where we're like, I'm skeptical that anyone could. Um, the good news of that actually is that we don't expect gifts. A lot of the time, um, we're not giving to get, we're just giving out of joy. Um, I think what we do really enjoy a lot more than even just taking care of ourselves is I have something that brings joy and I'd like to share that and bring joy to you as well, because we love teaching. And so when you say, Hey, come with me on the hike, which I love too, that is my love language. When Wes joins me and we were just talking about how he joined me recently. Um, it was like, he was anxious and going on the hike totally fed his spirit. And it was a life-changing day for him. And it was so beautiful for me to say, we did this together. It not only fed my soul, but it fed your soul. And I think that at the heart, that is maybe like we said, some of the bad things about sevens, but a good thing is we truly want to share our joy with others. Yes. When we discover something that we think is amazing, we want everybody else to know. Yeah. And they want to know. So that is, I I love that there's the hard stuff, with the redeeming stuff. I'm so grateful for that. (laughs) So tell us about eights. Okay. So eights, um, they tend to, of course, they're very physical, their body types. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they show their love very much in physical touch. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always have to be sexual, but yeah. I can notice my husband will walk past me in the room. And as he walks, walks past me, he just touches my shoulder or he, you know, tangles my hair, or just connecting with me physically when I'm in the room, that is telling me, Hey, I love you. And we're not doing these things right now. I'm busy with work or whatever, but I'm thinking about you. I'm going to physical touch. And so when you offer to an eight, whether it be holding hands or a back massage, they have to choose to be a little more vulnerable, which we know eights have a hard time with. So giving that to an eight can really help them let down their guard and choose to be soft. And that can create a lot of intimacy. So even The women I know that are eights aren't big on physical, like they're like, "Ah, I don't want somebody to touch me. But as soon as somebody gently embraces and comes to them with a very meaningful touch, their guard comes down and they Mm. soften and it can really help create some intimacy in that, in that relationship. But then I think they receive words of affirmation Mm. really well. And that's because they want to go fight for the injustices in the world. And they want you to tell them, oh my gosh, I recognize how hard you're fighting for these people or even for me or our marriage, or I watch my husband walk with men to find the truth. That is what God is telling them. Mm. And I, if I go to him and say, man, babe, you are awesome. You just see, he grows like three inches. Like he just like, yeah, you know, he's so excited to just hear that I'm affirming him. Yeah. Um, But once again, my words, it's never enough. So it's always a struggle for us. Um, Yes. So I try to fill in with my words 
Mm-hmm. Um, and but thankfully, he does know to go to the wellspring of life, and that is through Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. my words are just a cherry on on top. Yeah. But it is very, very important to affirm AIDS and what they're doing in this world. That's true. And I, I know, you know, eights and three sevens and eights with them being the aggressive assertive types. It's not like other types don't need God just as much, but there's, yeah, there's a very obvious, the marriage could turn South if you didn't let go and let God sometimes, um, absolutely tell us about nines. Yeah. So nines have a harder time, um, prioritizing themselves. And so it's harder to get them to say, here's what speaks to me because they just want everybody around them to feel at peace so that they can feel at peace. Um, So you would really find that they love quality time. And that is when you can sit and show you're resting. Um, If you're up futzing, they're not going to be relaxed and at Mm -hmm. peace because they know you're not at peace. So they really love when you'll just sit and do something that they love doing. Um, But usually a a little bit like the seven, but usually it's a more, oh, you recognize my needs, even though I've probably been really stubborn about sharing what my needs are because I'm a nine and I'm, it's hard for me to narrow in on what that is. Um, but they are also very, very much into physical touch. You'll see a lot of nines sitting, stroking their spouse's hair or scratching their back Mm -hmm. or a hand on the knee. Um, and I think that is their own way to calm that person. Um, even if that person's calm, they're a nine and they're like, I want everything to be peaceful. So I'm going to physically touch my spouse and just bring a calmness and a closeness to them. Mm-hmm. So they love to speak with physical touch. Mm. And I know they love to get it too. If they yes. feel like they can allow themselves, that's how my daughter is. She'll love to give mm-hmm. others massages, but then it's like, okay, I, all right. Are you sure you can give me one back? And it's like, yeah, but you, you can tell that they love that and they love super thoughtful gifts. Um, yeah. So yeah. I nice love yeah. anything that makes people makes them feel that people around them are happy. Yeah. I will say they are also very strongly affected by critical words. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. using encouraging words to combat that is really big too. I also, my oldest is a nine and we always would joke that when she was little, just raising our eyebrow at her, she would just crumble. Mm-hmm. You know, she hated any sort of discouragement. So yes. just affirming them in as many ways as possible, whatever that looks like is really big. Oh, that, that is precious. I, we need a deep dive on all the types, which we will eventually get to, but that was gold for nine. So thank you so much. We just have a couple minutes left, but I'd love to just ask you, and maybe we'll have you come on another time to do a whole overview if this is a big topic, but tell us about forgiveness languages in a minute or two, just to yeah, sure. talk about that. Yeah. So this is something we discovered very recently after a fight, I kind of had brushed over it earlier when my husband just wanted me to say, I'm sorry. And I just needed to process. And we kind of created a fight just out of that. And it, I looked into it and actually Gary Smalley does a book on this one too. He calls it the apology languages, express regret, accept responsibility, making restitution, genuinely repenting and requesting forgiveness. And that's just the five overviews of them, but different people want to hear I'm sorry in a different form. And so you have to be able to recognize if your spouse isn't saying, I did this, please forgive me. But they are saying, I genuinely hate that I did that to you. That's the same thing. It's expressing regret saying, I genuinely hate that I did this means the same thing as I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And so it's important to clarify with your spouse. Okay. 
are you saying that you're sorry in your language? Cause then I can receive that mm-hmm. as long as they're coming to you and expressing that they recognize what they did wrong and they want to heal things and get forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It won't sound the same for everybody. And I would say like, I'll do this overview as far as triads and not the numbers The mm-hmm. gut typically are good with, I'm sorry. I take full responsibility and then they're good. They move on because it's their gut, the head. They want to process. Like I talked about earlier, <laughs> um, they'll usually express regret and they take time for the words to form, to point out why they're sorry. Mm-hmm. And then the heart, they usually want some sort of a restitution. They want somebody to show that they're sorry. Like, yeah. awesome. You're sorry, but you need to show me how things are going to change in the future and show me how you're sorry. Mm. Wow. So it goes both ways a little bit there of knowing and accepting that your spouse is trying to do that in their way, but also understanding and leaning into what they would like. And I do want to touch on this another time more fully, because this is, you know, healing an attachment wound. And you're making me see that somebody asked me that the other day, how do you heal one? And, and even just that there's more facets to this than just trauma care, but also personality. So that's huge. And I love it. Thank you so much, Lisa. We are so grateful to you. Thank you so much for having me on. I, Oh, it was such a good talk. I feel like I could talk for hours. Yeah, me too. I'm like, okay, we have to figure this out with these apology languages too. This is the best. So I'm going to be having to research this with you more and, um, tell us in the meantime, though, where people can find you, we would love to have them get a hold of you. And I'm going to put it in the show notes too. Awesome. Yeah. The easiest way is to just email me at couples at stonegatefellowship.com. You can contact me that way. And I have all kinds of resources. I can add you to our couple's email list where we send out a teaching every single week with some discussion points to go over with your spouse. Um, You could just ask if you would like to talk to me over the phone or email back and forth. I'm always up to uh, walking with couples and individuals. And if you're anywhere near Midland, Texas, we can meet in person. Have the retreat throughout the year for women, men, and couples. Oh, oh, and so awesome. that information is always in the emails and we, you don't have to be a part of our church to attend. Um, and we invite people to, to meet us there um, at any of those events. So I'm always happy to share our resources because I have noticed that not a lot of churches have a full-time marriage ministry. So yeah. Your church may not be equipped to handle some of these things, but we'd love to share the resource resources that we've been gifted with. That is amazing. And everybody listening, who's having a crisis right now, just take that in that they have a full ministry for couples. That's beautiful. And it's, we're just grateful to you for dedicating your time on couples and in your gifts. You're clearly very gifted. It was such a joy to talk with you today. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your encouragement and just the resources that you're giving me through your podcast and through your class and all of the other things that you offer. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. I'm so glad we got to talk to Lisa. As you heard, I am so curious now about this wonderful topic of forgiveness languages. I cannot wait to explore it more. In fact, in my deep dives with all of my students, we have an entire section on forgiveness and resentment on each and every type. And I'm going to be sharing those with you in November also. But 
But what I never did was really put it together with the love languages. So I'm super happy that we can put that together with Lisa again in the future. And I'm so happy that you guys are with us. So let's keep going on this journey. Let's pause. Let's try out these love languages, both giving and coming from. So check out the show notes for Lisa's great information, especially if you're in deep marriage stress or just want some additional tools. It's good stuff. And I also want you to know, I hope you have a very happy and safe and super fun Halloween. Stay tuned for our contests on Instagram and we'll see you next week here. Bye-bye.